Yo, what is going on? And welcome to Can We Talk About This with Murphy Wells. I am, of course, him. And I want to immediately apologize uh, about how I left the last episode because womp, womp, I did not come to y'all the next day. All right, so I was on my bullshit. Um, and I'm going to own that openly on the front end because if I own it on the front end, like, guess what? No one can use that against me. Um, but more importantly, I'm really sorry because we were going to do the episode last week and it just didn't pan out that way. That's just how life is. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I could have brought you guys another episode, but I got shit to do y'all. So like I would bring you quality episodes and I thought it was only right that we follow up on the subject. But, um, other than that, I hope y'all have been doing well. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I've been getting a lot of shares lately. Um, and I'm really excited to bring on more guests, which like I said last week, I'm bringing a guest on this episode. Um, and I, I really do want to like touch down on what I said last episode because like this dude is so fucking humble and he's just the most happy-go-lucky, enthusiastic guy you could ever meet. And like I openly refer to him as the GOAT and he just never just now. fucking accepts it. So without the big intro, I would like to introduce my friend Dino Music. What's up, guys? My name is Dino. Uh, you guys probably can just know me as the kid that likes to do trick shots, lifts weights, <laughs> and that's about it. So what's up, Murph, man? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Dude, I appreciate you being here. Okay, so I will open with that real quick. Like, if you First, give them your Instagram handle and talk, talk about the trick shots because I can't do it justice. All right, so my Instagram handle, let's start off with that. It's literally D-I-N-O with an extra O underscore music. I actually get this a lot. My name is my last name is literally spelled like music. Like it is no joke. Um, so we'll go with that. Um, but yeah, dude, trick shots. Honestly, it's way harder than it looks. The best part for me, I think, when people see the trick shots, they think it's like all everything in one motion. Mm -hmm. But dude, for me, I have to sit there. I actually put my camera on. You you see me all the time, dude. Yeah. And I will literally leave my camera on the entire time, and I will break down each step that I have to do, mm -hmm. and that's what I would focus on. So it's not like I'm doing one trick shot. I'm doing like ten things, and I'm trying to perfect each thing. So it takes me a while. Yeah. But dude, yeah, it's a it's a skill I just kind of picked up just from playing soccer, obviously. Bro, like. You are, you are so disciplined in it. Like this is really cool, guys. Because just a little bit before we kind of like break into the intro, um, you know, th this is the follow up to the uh, healthy dose of perspective episode. So, um, one perspective that I know you changed is like you get Sal's approval on soccer. And if you guys follow Sal for Sal at all on That's Instagram, he's always he's always saying a little something about soccer and like. I, I've seen the process, dude, and you do make it look you make it look easy, but the fact is I see you on the basketball court, just your, your tripod set up, just doing the damn thing. And you're just getting inventive and having fun with it. And I think it's a testament to a quality that a lot of people don't have is consistency. And, I appreciate that. And trial and error. And, you know, more than anything else, um, when we kind of get into like what this episode is all about, the, the last episode was more about like where people start and how they were raised and where they end up after the choices they make. This is very much a continuation of that, but it, it's from a much different perspective. And I, I'm so inspired by this dude's story, which a big point I want to say on the front end, everybody is like, surround yourself with people that inspire you because of the people around you don't inspire you. Like that's going to put somewhat of a ceiling on what you think you're capable of. But like this dude inspires me so much because when I think about the state of the world today and I think about where people are self-limiting in their beliefs, I think this dude just shits all over that and he keeps the best attitude about it. So 
Today I wanted to talk about the perspective about my friend Dino, where he comes from, what he's done and what he hopes to do. And I want to bring a different light because guys, I get it. I can be a sourpuss about a lot of things that I talk about. I'm not going to lie. This is my outlet to bitch. You know what you signed up for. <laughs> you know I'm here. But I, I also want episodes that bring me gratitude and joy. And there's not a guy more full of or fueled by gratitude than Dino. So, you know, let's talk about perspective from the perspective of this guy today. So, Dino, tell us a little bit about like your upbringing and, you know, your, your early childhood and kind of how that shaped and molded you. Oh, man. Uh, dude, that's a way different story than you guys probably ever heard ever before. Um, so my parents, they are originally from Bosnia, right? So if you guys kind of remember the story in 1992, there was a war that kind of broke out um, with Yugoslavia. And it was, you know, Croatia, Bosnia, Serbia, Slovenia, Montenegro. And they all used to be basically one country. So something happened, break, something breaks out. The, the basically like the, the dictator, I think at the time, or I forgot what he was, but um, he died. So that was like a breakthrough. And Serbia wanted control, right? So, and that's kind of a long story itself. But anyway, so this broke out of war and my people were basically being killed, raped, hunted, right? Like all for the land. So my parents lived in Bosnia at the time, obviously, and their families were being killed, raped, and attacked by literally the people they used to go to school with. Oh, wow. Right? Like, I mean, dude, think about this. It's like if you go to high school and you have all these friends of different, you know, sex, sectors of life, right? And this war breaks out and now your friends are, they have to go for you, right? So imagine the people you're in class with having fun, talking about, you know, sports, whatever it is, building relationships with, they're the ones coming after you. So my parents used to have to hide in like two basements and go house to house because they were being raided basically every night, right? So my mom and my dad somehow escaped and I was born in uh, Germany, Berlin, Germany. And this was in 1995, January 20th. That's my birthday, obviously. Um, but so they escaped and that's where they kind of started making a life for themselves, right? And even their story of how they escaped is is almost too good to be true in a way. Um, so my life starts Berlin, Germany, and me and my parents lived there for about a year before we end up going to refugee camps. So what happened is my dad stayed in Germany to make money for me and my mom. So me and my mom ended up going to these refugee camps because it's way cheaper. You don't have to pay for anything. And my dad can make all this money on the side. And me and my mom traveled through, dude, I still remember this one in particular, but um, it was like a big ass gym. Like think, I don't know, the size of you know, two high school gyms, right? Okay. And our room was a king size bed with a, with a curtain that you can wrap around. So that was, and what's actually pretty funny about that story, uh, I went to bed a lot, okay? And dude, we didn't have a change of clothes. So for, I don't know how long it was, dude, months, um, we stayed at this gym with that with that big ass bed and that one curtain and me pissing the bed all the time. <laughs> so, and it was me and my mom sleeping on it and I, we didn't have a change of clothes or nothing, right? So, uh, I don't know how the fuck my mom did it, dude. Like, I had no idea. But one of the coolest parts about this story that I think actually impacted my mom a lot and I think this transferred a lot to me because, dude, when, I, when it goes to experiences and how you grow up, I, we can get deep into that. But, um... When, whenever we stayed at that place, that big ass gym, you can actually go outside, go to grocery stores, you know, go to the park. They allowed you to do that. So I remember this one time, me and my mom went to the went to this park, 
And my mom obviously tells the story better just because she was way older than I was. Mm -hmm. I was still maybe, I don't know, two at the time, three. And we're at this park. And there was this awesome couple with this little girl who I used to play with at the, at the park. So we would like go down the slide together, all that kind of stuff. And one day they brought us a box full of clothes and toys and they just gave it to my mom. And they were like, here you go. And I mean, that's so cool to me that someone would do that for my mom and me. And the coolest part about it is they did it because they noticed we were wearing the same clothes literally every single time that we went out there. So, and like I said, I think that had a huge impact on my mom. Mm -hmm. And we actually talked about the story, but, um, so that was one cool experience as, as far as for me growing up. Um, once me and my mom actually got out of the gym, we went to Switzerland, I believe it was. And now in Switzerland, the place that we stayed at was way nicer, but it was just one big room with a bathroom and that was your kitchen, your living room, basically everything, right? Um, and we stayed there. So, and it was kind of like this big complex, which was honestly pretty dope, but it was just me and my mom and a whole bunch of other people. So I got to see a lot of different diversities. I mean, you had black, white, Asian, you name it. Like it was, it was everything. Uh, so I remember that experience. And then after my dad got enough money, we were in a good spot. Things started to move well. We moved back to Bosnia. So whenever we were back in Bosnia, I, you know, basically had all my family there. And my dad and my mom basically took on different types of jobs, you know, just to make some more money because that was... When they heard about the opportunity that was in America, because mm -hmm. I already had my uncle here at the time. So whenever they heard about the opportunities in America and the life that you can live, they you know saved up a bunch of money and just had plane tickets. Just enough to get plane tickets. So whenever we got here, my parents had $50 in their pocket at the age of 22, 23, with a five-year-old. Mm -hmm. No idea how to speak the language. No idea how to... Literally nothing. There's no Google. There's no internet. Yeah. There's no anything dude and you have to figure all of this out so that's my story of coming here mm -hmm. and my parents have done literally everything that you can think of to give me the life that I have now yeah you know and I when we go back to perspectives and and you know you know talking about like honestly how some people will never have that kind of perspective and they take life for granted mm -hmm. and they take what they have and they get entitled about it right like you know, that, oh, I should have that. Oh, I deserve this when, dude, life is not fair whatsoever and it doesn't give you shit. You no. got to earn it. Right. You know, and, and I think that's an important thing because I got to see my parents do that growing up. You know, I got to see them battle people in their lives that told them wrong information or, you know, cheated them, whatever it is, in a system where they had to trust people to help them through it. So... Mm -hmm. Growing up, I got to see so much of the growth of my own parents and all the things they had to figure out and how they provided me with literally everything I ever wanted, but never showing any times of struggle. And that's kind of my story, man. Like, yeah. you know, I got to see all that growing up. I got to see so much and seeing it at a perspective where you're a, you're a foreigner to this country, mm -hmm. you know, with different views, different values, you know, a different upbringing, different culture, different traditions, different community. And, you know, just seeing everything now and just how people think, and especially at this day and age, it's, it's mind-blowing, bro. It's mind-blowing. I love just where this story is about to go because 
we, we kind of broke it down a little second ago that you guys weren't present for. Um, and in the last episode, I, I, I talked about that, you know, Dino's my coworker and we've been working together for three years and being from St. Louis and we went to the same high school, we graduated from the same high school. We know a lot of the same people. Um, I'm a little bit more familiar with the story and like, you know me, I'm a big story guy. I, oh, yeah. when, when people ask me like, what do you think about so-and-so like in regards to like someone famous, like I'm always like, what's their story? Is, is, is it something compelling? Right. Or is it something that is just nothing? You know what I mean? Thousand and your, your story has so much substance. Cause when I look at the human being you are, I didn't really know you in high school. I don't think you oh, really yeah. knew me. But I, I was familiar with you. Like, sure. you looked familiar when I started at First Form. And, you know, point of view real quick. When, when I came to First Form in August of 2019, Dino was one of those people that, like, immediately stands out. Because, like, this dude would literally come into the warehouse and person to person tell each and every person, good afternoon, good morning, how you doing today? And it was just such... If there was a sixth thing on those five valuable inconvenience lists, it would be that. Go talk to a person a day the way that Dino does. And it, it immediately makes you have like a much better day. That's like the power of enthusiasm. And that's a testament to you as a person. Would you mind telling people exactly what it is you do at First Form in as many words as you can? And kind of like what your trajectory has been to get there. Because when people hear about your origins and where you come from mm-hmm. and what you do for a living now. I think that paints a fucking epic picture of diminishing people's excuses, but more importantly, the perspective of now, why can't you tell us a little bit about like what your responsibilities are? Oh, dude. So as far as obviously, you know, we work together, but, um, I manage and help run part of our customer service department. So dude, that path alone to get there was a tough one, obviously. Right. You know, me and you both started in the warehouse. Um, and dude, for me, the, the one thing that I always believed in and knew is, you know, I, I got into visualization, meditation, kind of, that kind of stuff pretty mm-hmm. early on. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, soccer in general just taught me, you know, if you want to be good and if you want to progress in life, like, hey, you got to work for it. And obviously growing up with my parents and seeing that they had to work for anything, it just kind of translated and it made sense. And I was like, okay, I know what I got to do to get there. And you know, with, with the power of just believing in yourself, believing that if you do the work and you have this vision of what you want to do and that you can do, I feel like the pieces start to align and, and life kind of throws those things in your way where it's like, oh, this is how you can do that. Or, oh, this is how you can make that happen, right? And so for the longest time, I've always I've always learned to kind of catch my thoughts and be able to, to switch them anytime it's going the wrong way. You know, and it, it started early, early on in my life, actually before I ever uh, got to first form. So in 2017, I actually bought this book. It was called the mindset or the athlete mindset or something, something along those lines. And it was, you know, talking about writing down your goals, visualization, meditation, the power of positive thinking, you know, positive affirmations. And it was all this stuff. And I was like, whoa, what the hell is going on? You know, and I gave it a shot and, you know, I saw it work really well in soccer. And especially the visualization part, that was a huge piece in my life that I truly think helped me get to where I'm at and is going to help me get to where I want to go. But it was, it was that part that tr- translated so much into soccer that I saw it work. And the crazy part for me was the month that I gave this, you know, this visualization, this belief, these writing down these goals a try, I saw the biggest difference I ever did in my skill, in my game, and how I played. 
Mm-hmm. I felt like a new person. And I was like, okay, well, if this thing worked for a month, I was like, okay, what if I did it for another month? And I was like, what if I doubled down on how much time I spent doing it? I was like, now I'm getting double the training. Now I got some Kobe mentality shit, right? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's do that. So I do that for a month. I'm like, whoa, things are getting real, right? Dude, one of the coolest parts, I did it with soccer that there was a, there was a semi-pro team that actually popped up because for the longest time, my goal was to be a soccer player, a professional soccer player. So the semi-pro team popped up and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just give it a shot. And it's during this time of me visualizing, I was like, this might be a sign. So I try out for the team and you know, I made it, but I was kind of like on the chopping block. I was like on the low end of the, the totem pole, so to say. I made the team, but I was, I was a lower guy. Within a month, I ended up becoming a starter on the team and playing in literally a U.S. Open Cup, like the trial game, and play the whole game. So I went from being a guy on the bench to being in the first team, right? And I was like, whoa, these, this thing is working. This visualization, belief shit, these goals, it's fucking working, man, right? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, what about another month? And, and I see the progression, but I started to realize, I was like, wait, maybe this is not where my life really should be. I was like, man, I feel like I need to do bigger things. I feel like I'm meant for more. I feel like I, it just got to be bigger than this. So that's when the first one popped up. And even that story is weird. I met a kid in college and became friends. He worked there. It's just way too, way too close again, you know, to make, to be like a coincidence, so to say. Of course. So, and this was all the time of me doing the belief, you know, like writing down my goals, visualizing. And when I got the first one, I was like, you know what? What if I did all the same shit I did for soccer here? And I did. So I, my attitude, mm-hmm. my visualization, all that stuff stayed. But I did it in a different perspective, right? Like in the in the nutrition side, the supplement side, the, the working out side, the, the first form side, right? Like, hey, this is what I got to do over here. This is this is how I can get to where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And I started applying the same, same shit. And I started to see things work. Started to see things work. Dude, some of the way I've just progressed through company, I visualized those moments vividly. Mm-hmm. So like when it happened, it was like a surprise, but it wasn't really a surprise. Right? And you know, that comes with that doesn't just mean like, hey, you visualize and it happens, but it means you intentionally visualize, but intentionally put in the work to make that that visualization true, right? So doing all those things, that's honestly how it progressed me through. Man, that's that simply put, just because, and it's a consistent thing. It's all about being consistent with it, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, again, start with your thoughts. And if you can control your thoughts, you can control your actions. And if you can control your actions, you control your outcome. You know what I mean? Like that is literally what I've I've always known and always seen. And it comes again from the way I grew up, the playing soccer. You know, the competitive nature of that alone and how to progress. So seeing all that happen, that's that's kind of how I figured it out here. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it does, and it's. This show is never about like you know, plugging first form first and foremost. Like it is a testament to the people who work there. Oh, without a doubt. Because, even, even like just watching it, because you started probably about six months before me, six or seven, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, it was like July first. It was just so impeccable because you you could see the craftsmanship when he would do something from a personal place, and it was just like, man, this is head and shoulders above what. You would get it any kind of service or business. And I was just like, dude, this guy's gratitude is just unreal. And it, it really does a whole lot for my mood to be around you. And I think that's one of those things is that you've created a position out of giving. Like you have, I want to repeat that state. You have created a position that is focused on giving. 
And there are books like The Go-Giver. Mm-hmm. There are books like Think and Grow Rich. And if you, if you learn how to be, whether it's an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, it's not about what you receive. It is about what you give. And people throughout the establishment and all the companies that are associated with it, they are in the business of giving. When you think about why it's more about like the commercial industry is failing, could you attribute it maybe because like the people who are doing the marketing are like selfish? Dude, without a doubt. And 100%. And I, and I think it comes down to being genuinely, like actually genuinely caring about the person on the other end. Yeah. Right? And I think we're at a point in time now where you can clearly see who cares and who doesn't care, right? And dude, it's like, it, it, to me, it's if you think about business or anything in life, to make a relationship strong, to make it grow, it requires me to give, mm-hmm. right? Give more myself, you know? And if you do that to your customers, do they return it just like in a relationship, right? That's how things are strong. So if you can give to your customers and take care of them, dude, they're always going to take care of you, right? And it's not like you expect it, but think about it. Who are you going to go to? Someone that takes care of you or someone who's going to treat you like shit. Mm-hmm. And if you're advertising all these things and doing all these things, but then when you go out and check out that person's business or whatever it is, what kind of experience is it? Is it the complete opposite? And that's where you lose that trust. And I hope that makes sense. No, it absolutely does make sense. And that's my that's my big problem, not only with commercial industries, but it's also my big problem with social media. I mean, per my responsibilities of First Form, I am in the business of social media. And I think something people miss out on is it is about giving valuable content. I think a lot of people like to be vain or vulgar or just something that more is about courting attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, look at me. It's like, but what are people getting out of looking at 100%. you? And I think it is selfishness. And I think it is ego. And I think if more people had more real practical experiences like you've had, I think it would imp- impact not only the commercial industry and you know consumerism, but also how people express themselves online. I can go look at your content and it makes me happy. It brings me joy. It brings me happiness. There's enthusiasm behind it. And you come from a background where you're going to experience more struggle than the average person will. And for me, more than anything, like it's one of those things that it really does bug me about those industries, about how selfish they are. And being in a culture of giving is something that I don't know if enough people will embrace. If you had to like give someone an idea of how they could start being more of a giver in their life, a book, an action, or a cause, like mm-hmm. how would you how would you instruct someone to like really start being more giving to like counteract that culture of selfishness? I think that's a great question. I feel like if you would just try, let's say you've never done something nice or go out of your way for someone before, mm-hmm. try it, but do it with the right intent. Just give it a shot. Because the feeling that you get, it's it's almost like it kind of is selfish, right? Because it feels good. Because think about it. If you can look at someone and let's say you do something nice and see someone smile or see them happy because of you, you impact them some way, right? You gave them a compliment, whatever it is. Dude, how do you feel from that? It's a really good, but it's a selfish feeling, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the the way you can kind of get strong at that or do that is, is put yourself in other people's shoes, mm-hmm. you know? Because going back to perspective, Dude, perspective is not just the way you look at things. It's the way you other people look at things as well. And that's what you have to kind of understand, mm-hmm. right? Because if you can put yourself in someone else's perspective, you might be able to, to understand them 
a lot more. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you know what? The, like, for, for example, the way I always operate and always known to operate, because I, it, one thing for me is I, I believe if you put good out in the world, it'll always come back to you. Of course. Right? But only if you do it out of your own good without expecting something back. Right? Mm-hmm. But treat others the way you'd want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Right? Do things that you'd want others to do. Yeah. Be the difference in the world that you would like to see. Right. And I think if for me, that's always just how I live. And I've always understood like the impact being good to someone can have. Mm-hmm. And to start doing that, I think you just have to start switching your perspective on things. Yeah. Switching how you think or how you look at those things. Now, obviously, it's not going to happen in, in a day, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think it's important to catch those thoughts that come through your head. You know, hey, if if holding the door for someone is a hassle. Take a step back. Is it really, mm-hmm. you know, hey, why not do it anyway? You know, and just kind of having that positive s- switch in perspective because I think that's what's important the most. I, and I appreciate that. And the, the, the point I'm going to draw next is like, this is an opinion I really do want to hear from you because b- before we got on the, the show today, we, we, had, we had a pretty good back and forth just about kind of like the culture mm-hmm. of the United States today. And what I love about the United States is that, you know, it's capitalist or pseudo capitalist at this point um, to where if something doesn't float, you know, the market says it's going to sink. And I think if more people were focused on giving more businesses would be doing well. But I now also look at, I want to return to that conversation of culture over the last probably like, I don't know, what is it? It can be multiple decades or you could talk about like it's prevalence in like the last half decade or so, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about the cancel culture stuff mm-hmm. and the activist culture and the whatever. And I'm, I'm almost tired of using culture with these groups because it's just like, we're all just people. Mm-hmm. But however, I think something that really does bother me about the world today, and I, I wanna hear you talk about this as much as you can, is that I think people try to take a narrative that is like yours, which is your real life story, which f- you have taken gratitude to the next level to where it's impressive. I think a lot of people Try doing like a beta version of what you're doing, like a light version of what you're doing just by getting online or saying, you know, whatever the cause is, whatever the thing of the week is. That's probably my biggest gripe with people today is that it's easier to look like a good person or a giving person to actually be one. Speak on that kind of, that whole motif, if you would, for a minute, because like, I really want to hear your inputs on this. So you mean just like cancel culture and just like the way the society is kind of headed in general? That makes sense. The self-righteousness, yeah. the, you know, the whole, if you yeah. don't agree with us, you're, you're banned, you're exiled. See, all right. So for me, man, I, I, I think it, I think it's rough because when we, again, going back to perspective, it's having an open mind. And I think we're so closed minded, or at least now these, whatever changes are happening or whatever's kind of going on, it, it, it seems like it's a lot of closed mindedness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Hey, if you don't agree with me, fuck you kind of thing. Yeah. When it's like, hey, bro, you might not agree with me because your perspective is different. And that's okay. Your experience in life is different. Dude, because life is based on experiences. So how can I judge you or say, hey, let's cancel you or let's get rid of you just because you don't have the same view as me? Mm -hmm. That doesn't even make sense. Right? So what? I have to have the same view as you for us to even get along, for us to talk? Like, why? Mm -hmm. Like, that's like saying, hey, you got to play the same sport as me. And if you don't, I get the fuck out, like go, go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, you shouldn't be here. Like that makes zero sense. You know what I mean? And I think the, the reason it's happening now is because it's, it's emotions, right? People 
And I think, it, it, obviously, that when we go back to social media, I think that's a lot where it comes from, right? Because if you think about now, I feel, I feel like a lot of people struggle with, you know, anxiety or depression or those things come out, but it's, it's because of what social media has made life to look like. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have this life, you don't belong or, hey, you, you suck or, hey, you, you, you're not succeeding. Yeah. When it's like, hey, that might be one in a billion, mm-hmm. you know, or, hey, that dude maybe just got lucky. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying people get lucky, but some people do, yeah. right? And I think this view has caused people to look at their own lives and then feel like, hey, if I don't have this life, I'm not successful, right? But when you think about when the times we grew up, mm-hmm. you didn't really have that too much, right? So how often were you happy? How often did you hear anxiety or depression or these things? And I'm not saying they're not real or they don't right. happen. They're very fucking real. Yeah. But I feel like it comes from more nowadays because of the view, mm-hmm. right? So because of that, when people get into a cause or see something they cling on to, when someone else disagrees, it hurts them inside and they take it really personal. You know, it's like wearing the same clothes every single day for the rest of your life. Right. It's like, bro, opinions, your thoughts, it's okay to switch them. It's okay to have different ones. Like, it's okay to take your clothes off and switch them the next day. Mm-hmm. You don't want to wear the same clothes every fucking day. Man, fuck no. I got a stacked ass closet. Bro, that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm bro, saying? I got style, boy. Hey, then it gets musty, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 this man said he gets musty on the hey, podcast. That's just the that's, hey, all right. No, I no, hey, I like that. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here no, for. No, that if that's one if there's something that my audience will ever, you know, know about me, it's gonna be abrupt veers into comedy. So hey, like that's perfect, bro. No, but I love the analogy, dude. And I love it because I think I think one of the things that people do with I, I don't even call it necessarily just cancel culture, but like the fake virtue committee, whatever that whole thing is, and I don't want to. I want. I don't want to make it political. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make it a political thing because I think it is more of a. I think it's more of a generational thing at this point, um, and it's something I really don't relate to because very blue collar background, very very blue collar background. It's something that I just can never vibe with, mm-hmm. and I think. I think one of the things that impresses me most is that you would achieve it out of being sincere. I think sincerity is a, a quality that's lost on a lot of people. And you are the most genuine person I think I have in my life. I appreciate that. Now, where I'm going with this is that, like, I kind of want you to, like, since you are so experienced with starting from the bottom, getting to where you are, and doing it from a very genuine perspective, dude, for someone who thinks that they can just play the character or someone who thinks that, like, if, you know... You know, they can they can ride the coattails of something. Uh, sure. The disingenuous part. What does that person have to look forward to, bro? Um, <clears throat> I this is this is my. I'm gonna keep this very simple. I'm gonna just hit it straight to the point. The world sees everything. You can't fake the fucking world. Like, dude, that is something. Whether you believe in God, whether you believe in energy, what whatever you believe in, you will never fake the world. And the world works in a way where. I'll give you one thing. Energy is a real thing, right? Yeah. Hey, if you do good things, if you're a good person, if in your heart you are, and then you're, you can hear it in here, in your brain. Sorry, I'm pointing my head. If that's genuine, the world sees that, right? You don't have to say a single world, a word. I promise you the, the world will put things in front of you because you're that good of a person. You know, so for me, dude, I don't have to take credit for anything that I do. Mm-hmm. If I do it out of the goodness out of my heart, if I do it because I know it's the right thing to do, I promise you it's going to come back to me, but it's only because I don't care if it comes back to me or not. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. You know what I mean? And again, like it's the selfish thing is it feels really good. And yes, it does come back to you. But again, it's kind of like a catch 22, right? Because it's like, yeah, you want it to come back to you, 
but you also have to not want it to come back to you. Yeah, right? it shouldn't be your singular focus. Exactly. It's the fact of saying like, I can move with faith, which I right. think is a, a very, very pleasant way of maybe saying narcissism. <laughs> hey, honestly, yes. I can move no, with faith that just doing the right thing will get me the right result, which I think more people need to embrace. So, you know, some leadership that we've had has even, you know, gone and made that same analogy. And it's, it's a very good analogy because if, if you don't do things with any self-interest, like, oh, without a doubt. like you have to be selfless to be selfish. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I pay myself first in the day. I have a morning routine. Mostly keep, <laughs> um, and I think with that though, you know, we I have a couple more concepts I really do want to break down. But let's talk about humility for a reason mm -hmm. or for a minute. Humility to me is a very important trait. Someone who I'm very close to last night says, "I I admire your humility, but I hope you it doesn't like get lost on you how great I think you are." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "That's very sweet." I I also realize that I've made a lot of shitty decisions out of my own free choice and I've fucked up my life and it's taken a long time to get here. Um, and in terms of like always working on yourself and setting goals, when you think of some of the things that you want to improve in yourself, a person who I think is very accomplished, very inspiring, and also, you know, a good friend, mm -hmm. when you think of where you can still get better, what are some of the things that you think about most? Because again, there's a very impressive quality to a lot of the things you do and you make it look natural. So I appreciate that. That said, though, I think you're humble enough to know what you still need to work on. What are some of those things? Dude, you want to know the truth? Yeah. Fucking everything. Um, Fucking yes. No no bullshit. I, I, I honestly don't think you'll ever get to a point where you'll be perfect, right? And for me, I honestly just break down every single point in my life. And I'm like, okay, hey, it, it's kind of like a prioritize and execute, mm -hmm. right? So I do that with myself, too. So I'll, I'll break down, I'm like, hey, what are the most important things I need to work on now? Like, hey, what do I want to do in life? Hey, what's my goals and how do I work towards that? How do I improve this skill and this skill and this skill? And I and I take a big, big thing that I want to do and I start breaking it down in every little piece that I can. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, what do I need to improve on? And I just keep trying to improve on all those things, right? Because again, you're, you can always be better. And for me, I, I think, I feel like I can be better in every single area, right? My relationships, my my way of thinking, my, you know, um, getting to the podcast on time. Hey, that's, uh, <laughs> hey, listen, you're, you're I'm right, sorry. Right, <laughs> my bad, but continue. Hey, continue. Right. It's something I'm working on, all right? Dude, again, I'll put that on my list. Real don't life, worry. real life. Y'all hey, heard it first. <laughs> but, but dude, that's the, that's, that's honestly, that's it, man. You know, it's, it's always looking for things that you want to improve on based on what skills you need. Now, not, now, obviously you can't work on everything all at once, mm -hmm. right? Now, I know that's, you can't, you don't have that much time in the day. Yeah. But again, prioritize and execute. So what do you need the most? What do you need to work on the most? You know, and it's, it's starting with the basic foundation of, of thinking and actions, mm -hmm. you know, because if you can't control your thoughts, you can't control your actions. And if you can understand what thoughts are, what they, what they mean, and then you can control what outcome it comes from or the perspective you have of everything, that's when you, you start being in control of those. Yeah. And I mean, I, bro, I couldn't agree more. Like, I, anytime I get praised for anything, I'm like, yeah, but bro, I suck in all these I categories. Know, I know. It's like, just let, I'm like, don't, don't, don't compliment me. Let me live. It, it's kind of weird because you, you're, you're trying to like backfire. You're like, you know, stop. Like you almost don't want them to compliment you. Yeah. But here's the truth with that too, where I think it's really important is like, you have to accept it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like. It's okay to say, oh, thanks, bro. You know what I mean? Because 
fuck, dude, it's okay to be good. And it's okay to think you're really good. But it's also okay to be humble and be like, damn, I still got a lot to work on. Yeah. And I think that's the balance. Yeah. You know, that's an important balance. I mean, bro, like, don't no matter no matter how good I might be at work, I always keep in mind I'm the guy almost hitting Andy with his car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh I think you've improved since then, bro. I think we're good. You haven't hit anybody yet, so that's a plus. To be determined. One day. Y'all better stay, <laughs> y'all better stay ready. I swear to God, I'm kidding. I swear to God, I'm kidding. And Apple Podcasts, Spotify, that was not me threatening anyone. I promise. Don't don't tase me, bro. Please. Okay, so I think that's a unique perspective too. Like, and I'm explicitly not asking you to give me praise, but like, what was your first impression of me? And like, I just want to know what was your first impression of me? Like when we bro. first met. I'm right. really, I'm really curious, dude. My first impression, I was like, "Holy fuck, this guy is exactly who the fuck he wants to be." Like, I'm like, <laughs> dude, he no filter, no nothing. I was like, Murph is Murph. Like, dude, I was just impressed by just how just open you were with everything, dude. Like yeah. how confident you were with how you talked. Like, you're you just, dude. I, I just couldn't explain it, but it was, it was because I the very first day was that uh, Monday meeting where you. Did the uh, karaoke? Sang, yeah, karaoke. Yeah. And I was like, this dude just hopped on and killed that shit. Yeah. And he don't give a fuck. I was like, I like this guy. Yeah. It was the I don't give a fuck factor. <laughs> I think that was probably my biggest thing that I and I got. And I loved it. I loved it, dude. Because I love that attitude. <laughs> That's my favorite thing ever. Dude, I got to be honest about that, too. Like, okay, look. I, I hate saying this. I actually really do hate saying this. But, and I know this is going to come back to bite me at some point. I'm writing it. Writing the next chapter of my embarrassment right now. Um, <laughs> I like karaoke. I also like public speaking. Like it's very, it's very me. I will say that. No doubt. And th- this is a little tool you guys got to be able to use too. If I'm gonna chime in with some personal development real quick, but a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'm so scared of public speaking. I hate doing karaoke. I hate being a performer and in front of people." Okay, but here's the thing you got to understand. That's a separating factor. Is that like, I. <sighs> No, no offense, love that first hundred people that I got to meet. I love all y'all, but I looked out in the crowd. I'm like, not one of you motherfuckers will get up here and do this like I will. I had my own little Eminem moment. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know what? You have to, though. You I was, I wasn't even in rare form. Y'all haven't even seen my final form. Hey. I swear to, I'll, I'll freeze up in this place. <laughs> Sal, dude, Sal once did a joke about like my karaoke. I'm like, I will do karaoke right now. He's like, no, you won't sit your happy ass down. but i love it dude because you know it's that genuine quality is something that i try to really market for myself and i only really like to bring on genuine people to the cause and what it is that i'm doing and you know one of the last few things i want to start touching down on is really like throughout your career so far Mm -hmm. what do you think like the most significant thing for you has been like the moment where maybe it all just clicked or that has been like the peak of your achievement so far. Mm-hmm. What is probably the most significant moment in your career up to this point? Like, and don't skimp on the details. All right, let's see if I can break it down. There's a, dude, honestly, I don't think it's one significant moment. I think it's, it's just every single moment that I've been aware of, if that makes sense. So like, again, you know, going back to visualizing and doing all these things, with with doing that, I, I really was able to see the, like, you know, I talk about the power it has, right? And doing it for so long and doing it consistently, like, I fell in love with the process of it. 
you know, and I think that was the important part. And when I fell in love with the process, I started to enjoy breaking down the way, you know, I did my job, right? Like, hey, let's say if I was in, in the warehouse packing a box, I'm like, okay, how can I do this a little bit better? You know, I'm like, okay, how would I, if I open this box, how would I see it on the other end? Again, putting myself in someone else's perspective, right? I was like, what kind of impact can I create with a box, mm-hmm. right? Okay, well, what, what kind of impact can I create with a note? What kind of impact can I create with this or this or this, right? And, you know, doing that and having that thought process, it opened up to my, it opened up my mind to the possibilities that were there, right? So one of my favorite things in Magic of Thinking Big, and I don't know if you remember this, but mm-hmm. he talks about the class that he, that he teaches and he brings up the possibility of getting rid of prisons, mm-hmm. right? And the first reaction is, no, we can't do that. You can't do this. You can't blah, blah, blah. He's like, guys, hold on. He's like, let's say it's possible. Like, hey, let's just pretend, you know, our world right here, you know, fake, whatever. Let's create a new world. It's possible. How can we do it? And these kids started coming out with these ideas of all the possible things. And they were great ideas. And the whole point of that book in in mentioning that was, dude, if you believe it's possible and you open your mind to what's possible, it'll show itself, right? You'll be able to find opportunities within it. So... I started, that was basically what I was doing no matter what position I was in. And I think the significant moments that had an impact on my career or the moments you would say clicked is every single time I've seen it work mm-hmm. or the outcome was what I wanted or it was a positive outcome. Things were, went well. You know, hey, I won an award or, you know, I get a promotion, whatever it is. Okay, hey, I'm doing something good. And it's because of this, right? I was, I always able, I was always able to tie the result back to the things that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it came from, again, just being open-minded in the possibilities, you know, and, you know, I had those moments in customer service. I had those moments in, in my role currently with leading people and doing these things. And I think it's, uh, it, it's really cool what life can give you if you choose, mm-hmm. because it's always a choice. Now, sometimes it might be a hard choice to make, you know, in life to, Hey, work a little harder, open your mind that, Hey, this might be possible, you know, because again, being closed minded, it you create negativity, it just doesn't work. But if you open your mind to the possibilities, life starts to put these pieces in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you might find, you know, a possibility in your job to go above and beyond for your, you know, boss and maybe make his life easier. And then guess what? Maybe you get a promotion mm-hmm. or, Hey, maybe if you did your job a little bit better by doing this or this or tweaking it a little bit, maybe you create a better experience. Maybe customers like you more. Maybe you get more positive feedback. Maybe your boss hears and he gets compliments from you and guess what? You get a raise, you know, and that's kind of how it works, you know, and that's, that's, if you do that and you see the result, I think that's where those significant moments come from. And that's what that builds that momentum. Mm -hmm. And if you can create that consistent momentum in your work, you know, and now it doesn't have to be like you celebrate every promotion or you wait till the promotion to celebrate. No, it's, Hey, celebrate the, the, the path that you're following every step you take forward, celebrate the step forward. Right, and then keep celebrating those moments, but be humble still. Twenty-four hour rule, dude. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, and if you can do something consistently too, that's a big part. Right, hey, getting better with your craft and focusing on that, because people I think are so thinking about other things at work, or you know, whenever they're talking to someone, they're like, "Fuck me, me, me." They're not really intentional with their time, mm-hmm. and I think that's an important piece because again, we all we do have all the same twenty-four hours, but we don't use it the same and that's a problem. So it is a problem. I don't know if I tied all that in together, but I mean, dude, it's just the nature of realization, you know, perspective being what the topic is about, man. 
I think the thing that inspires me most is that like the prevailing, it's not even the prevailing culture because it's not a culture. It's, it's a narrative and it's something that is being foisted upon us from the powers above the powers that be. And it is to crush our spirit. I think if more people paid attention to what you talked about today and what you've been through and what you've accomplished and what you've achieved, what I would hope that person would do is look internally and say, are my problems really problems? Mm -hmm. Are they problems at all? Are they opportunities? What the fuck am I doing with this that's in front of me? Because you can sit there and bitch and you could whine on social media and you could cry to your five best friends. Mm -hmm. You could jump in my DMs and say, Murph, this happened to me. And it's just like, what the fuck are you going to do about it? What are you making with your time? And if if I wasn't so joyful about having you here today, you know, I, I probably would have a lot to whine and bitch about. But I think that's a testament to what your friendship and your personality does for the world around it. And, you know, a question that I want to ask you is that if you want people to take just, just one sentence away from everything you've talked about today, from your perspective of life, if you could sum it all up in one sentence, I just want you to try to go for it. Hmm. I think I might have something. Life's not fair. What the fuck are you going to do about it? And honestly, and you know me, Murph, I'm a positive guy. Very nice dude. I, I hope you're friendly. You're not nice. Hey, thank you. Yes. Um, dude, that's just the that's just the truth. Like, figure it out. You know, and, and the reason I say that is because that's the most important thing in life. It's not going to be fair. You're not going to get what you want unless you work for it. Mm -hmm. You know, and like you said, it's oh, we're talking about our problems instead of looking at our problems as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, I, I see something that's going wrong. Hey, you know what? This might not be fair, but guess what? I'm in control of this. Like. Why not do it that way, right? You're always in control. You have two choices. You either fucking bitch and moan or whine or complain about the situation you're in or you, you fix it, right? Hey, if you get, if you're playing a game, if I give you these cards, are you going to bitch and moan because you didn't get all the right cards or are you going to play the hand that you're dealt with? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I got. That's bone chilling. Appreciate it. <laughs> and there it is. Um, <laughs> Guys, I, I want to say this before we taper off for the episode. Um, what my friend just said here is the absolute fucking truth. And something that I love about what he just said is, you know, immediately he copped to the fact that that wasn't going to be the most happy thing to hear. It's, it's straightforward, it's honest, and it's direct. And as friendly and as kind and as well-intentioned as Dino is, like, it is one of those things of us growing up where we grew up and him seeing the things that he's seen that like he has that side of life that's just hey it is what it is and it's not gonna be perfect and you have a choice of how you treat your day and how you treat other people and how you treat yourself and to me when i just see the the, the vampid just ego and victim complexes out there i gotta be honest it makes me kind of sick um I, I've never once asked for pity. I've asked for belief, but I had to prove it to people. And when I just kind of recap everything that you've had to talk about today, starting where you did in Bosnia, and I actually want to account to that because, like, my grandma is from Yugoslavia. Mm -hmm. You know, talk about that. Yeah, she's Croatian, so they're so awesome. But there are people who would take that statement in the world today, and they would try to pit us against each other. Oh, without a doubt. And that's not how life is supposed to be, everyone. The fact of the matter is, is that. If you pay attention to where he started, what he went through, the fact that he figured out short-term goals and long-term goals, 
or the way to getting what you want, having an amazing attitude and never stopping and starting in a place that we both started, you know, $12 an hour in a warehouse. It was That's humbling. Crazy. And you led the way and you inspired me to get my shit together. Appreciate that, brother. And, and where you're at now, you've, you know, you've won a, a lot of awards. You've created your own department. I couldn't be happier for you. And I'm so glad you got to come on and talk about your perspective. So uh, two things before we go. Number one, I actually want to introduce a segment where I let my guests ask me at least a question. Ooh, okay. So if there's anything you want to ask me, I, I want to see if I can answer it for you. Ooh, I like this. Um, anything? Anything. All right, cool. All right, what do you think the biggest turning point in your life was? Mm. The one moment, if you had to choose. You know, I think the extended answer on that's that, that I think the extended version of that answer would be like something from the more contemporary parts of my journey, especially when I got in trouble. Um, because I think for a lot of people that rock bottom moment is the quintessential moment where they're like, hey, I have to do things correctly. But I don't think it was that for me. In fact, I this might sound really, really stupid to a lot of people, but it was probably the first time I smoked weed. This is gonna, this is honestly gonna probably blow a lot of your minds, but you guys have to remember that when I was younger, when I was in high school, I didn't take chances. I was very reserved. I was, I still am quirky. Again, I relate a lot more to myself in high school these days. <laughs> And I didn't, I smoked weed one time when I was 16, but it was filtered out with a cigarette and it was, it was fucking awful. Um, so, and also most people's first time, they don't get high. It was at a buddy of mine's house, the week of prom, it was like early May of our senior year. And we just loaded up this little pipe without even a power hitter. And he was like, oh, bro, this is going to be the coolest thing ever. I've been smoking weed lately. You no know? And I, dude, I was like bluntly opposed to this. But I'm like, you know what? It's my last week of high school. Fuck it. Wiz Khalifa and Mag Miller was the oh, biggest man. thing out, bro. It was fucking hilarious. Um, but legitimately, we got high. And so he, he had like a really big TV for the time. This is like 2011. So like this, it was, it was a pretty big TV. And he, he had a really cool house. And his ass sat me down in a fucking massage chair and turned on Gabriel Iglesias and gave me a star crunch. And it was awesome. And it was awesome. And I laughed harder than I ever had in my, oh my whole God. fucking life. Now, then he told me, hey, dude, my parents are about to be home. You got to go. And I had to drive right after that. And no way. I fucking drove oh my, my ass God. home with no radio. And I fucking had to walk by my parents high as fuck. I had the best night's sleep ever. But why that is my moment and i i really hate that this is my moment because it attests to another account someone made of me recently damn it is that that was the moment i learned the value of taking chances no way yes because bro look I had a very, very close mindset as a kid. I like to be weird so I can get reactions out of people. I like to be quirky because I thought it, it entertained folk. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter was, I was still being what other people wanted me to be. I was still being, you know, the good kid mm -hmm. from my parents or, you know, the version of me that everyone grew up with. The moment I smoked weed, I was like so guilty at first. 
And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? This is so wrong. And then like, I would still hang out with those friends and we would still keep getting high and I would have a better and better time. And it taught me about cutting loose, not giving a fuck so much. Um, the fact of saying like, if you find something you really like to do, you should still put limits mm -hmm. on it. Like, you know, when you start smoking weed as a kid, you fucking take it very, very far. Sure. But the fact of the matter was, is like, I was finally ready to break some rules. And back in those days, for those of you who I guess aren't as well versed in it, you know, weed was still completely illegal here in Missouri. Uh, in most places that wasn't California, Washington, or Colorado at the time. So if I had to point it to one moment for everything that I've been through since, because I wouldn't have gotten to any of that trouble if I would have never started smoking weed. I would have never probably gone to Missouri State if I never started smoking weed. I would have never... <laughs> But done a lot insane. of things if I never started smoking weed. And they're the decisions I make, to your point earlier. But to answer your question, dude, and I appreciate you for asking, that's probably hey, it. That's that's fucking awesome. I just learned something brand new, dude. That was insane. And I guess last thing before, I appreciate you asking. And I think Bro, that's a course, really God. cool, I think that's a really cool first question to be asked on the show. But in terms of like uh, what you're doing and you know what you want people to pay attention to before you go, plug yourself real quick. You know what should people be looking out for? Man, honestly, the the biggest thing I want to get into is so funny enough, I'm actually starting my own podcast, and uh, uh, I'm really gonna get into the motivational and uh, inspirational side of like personal development and you know kind of what we talked about, going more in depth on visualization, meditation, all these kind of things, just to grow yourself as a person and just to switch your perspective and. And uh, that's going to be coming out a lot soon. And then, obviously, my trick shots. Can't forget those. So. Nah. Um, but that's the biggest thing I'm really working on, man. And then, you know, just in my career, working on it. That's it. You want to you wanna give people a little taste of what the name of the podcast is going to be? Should they be Ooh. looking out for something specific? Ooh. I'm thinking. So, I got two options. I got music to your ears, because it's a play on words. Ooh. Or let the music play. Again, play on words. I, I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. I'm open. I'm gonna put a poll on Instagram. Hey, send it to me. I'm, I'm ready. You gonna get option A and option B. Send you it. gotta listen to the episode. <laughs> know what they are, bro. Hey, you better. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, this was a lot of fun. Like, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for chopping it up with me, guys. If you can take anything away from this man's perspective versus the last episode, in my opinion, be grateful, be consistent, um, and more than anything else, be selfless because. We come from very different sides of the tracks, but there are a lot of similarities. And, you know, I appreciate you and your input. And, um, you know, thank you for coming on the show, bro. Bro, I appreciate you for having me, dog. This was this was a blast. You're the fucking man. I love you, Murph. Yep. We'll do this again, bro. All right, guys. So keep your ears open for Dino's podcast. And, of course, if you listen to this part of the show, I would appreciate a share, a tag. I'll, I'll tag you right back. Tell a friend. Tell your mom. Tell your guidance counselor. Not probably not whatever. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening. And 